Hey you guys, what is good? Welcome back to a brand new podcast episode. So tonight I want to talk, I want to talk, I want to talk about um, two shows. I want to talk about Marvel's What If and I want to talk about DC's show Titans because I feel like there's a lot to talk about and a lot to unpack on both TV shows. Um, the first thing I want to talk about, I'm going to get into to the Marvel show What If. I know I haven't been chronicling every chapter and I did like the last one with Killmonger and uh, Iron Man. That was a really cool episode. Um, but I'm gonna talk about this new episode just because it's it's more lighthearted. This was a lighthearted episode. It didn't. It was one of the ones that didn't feel really heavy, which I like. Um, at the same time, I was eh. like, like I like the heavy episodes. I like the, you know, a lot of the the tension building and stuff. That's all really cool. This episode is just for for shits and giggles. It's just a fun episode. If you guys are looking for a fun episode, this is the episode for you. I know a lot of people who are like I'm. I have a lot of uh, Marvel fans and friends in my universe, so I know a lot of people who love the show and a lot of people who don't care for the show because of the, the subject matter and of just how many characters are like constantly dying on the show and all that kind of stuff, but they're all different universes. So, But this is one universe where I'm like, happily, nobody really dies. I'm not trying to spoil any like everything for you, but this is an episode of like, what, because I mean, a lot of people since you know, Captain Marvel joined the Avengers and she's in, you know, Endgame. A lot of people have been wondering who is stronger, Captain Marvel or Thor? You know, are they compatible in any way, shape or form? This episode kind of answers a lot of these questions. Um, we enter a universe where Thor was an only child, meaning he didn't grow up with Loki. Like Loki's in it and he, Odin did like take care of him for a moment and then gave him back to the Frost Giants. So they grew up separated from each other. So without a brother, uh, we get to see what Thor was like without a brother. Who He's basically the same, except not because of the fact that Loki didn't always try to kill him at every turn. He's basically, but he's still like a partier. In fact, he's even more lighthearted in partier mode in this episode. Um, he and his friends go from planet to planet partying, not realizing they cause chaos and basically destroy worlds in their wake. And so that's what ends up happening. He ends up meeting Jane, who is like, she's looking for alien life. They come in contact. They have like a, a little exchange. He throws this big party, which eventually brings people from other parts of the galaxy, including the guardians of the galaxy into the party. Um, and there's like conversations made that like, yeah, you know, after you leave planets, you kind of destroy them in the wake. So that's kind of bad. So S.H.I.E.L.D. ends up getting involved um, and basically using Jane, trying to get information about, you know, Thor. And she's kind of like all into Thor. Like her and Darcy are interesting um and it is it is uh they are played by Kat Dennings and Natalie Portman so they did come back for the show I was really surprised Natalie Portman came back I feel like Natalie Portman and and Gwyneth Paltrow and a few others are just kind of like I just signed on to do some movies I wasn't expecting to do all this other stuff but I don't know maybe Natalie Portman has turned a corner because I thought you know a long time ago that she was trying to get out of the Thor movies which kind of understandable I wasn't I'm not like I like Thor as a character I'm not a big fan of his movies except for number three the third movie was really well done because there was a really good cast I think the director was different there was there was more going on with the third Thor I'm not that interested in Loki and Thor I don't hate me I'm not that I mean you can if you want to I really don't give a shit but like I'm not the biggest fan of those two characters I'm just not I do like Thor as a character I do like Loki somewhat but I they're not interesting enough for me to like really watch something about them like I watched the Loki TV series and to be honest with you I didn't care for the first half of it however later when they like introduced the Lokis that's when I was like this is cool like this is the, the last couple episodes I really enjoyed the first couple episodes I just kind of felt were boring that's just my personal opinion you can think what you want 
Um, but this episode was cool. Like I said, like it was, they even, like there's even banter between Loki and um, Thor, which by the way, yes, in the show, they are played by Chris Hemsworth and Tom Hiddleston. So if you are fans of either one and you haven't seen What If yet, know they're both in the show, you'll enjoy it. Um, so we end up getting to see Thor in his like home life. Odin is passing away. He's going to become the new king. His mom is like going to see her sister for some summer solstice thing. And she's like, you know, stay here, protect Asgard. He ends up going to Midgard, which is Earth, obviously. You guys know this. If you guys don't know this, that's what it is. It's called Midgard. Um, so he ends up going there again, throwing a party. It's a problem. S.H.I.E.L.D. gets involved and Maria Hill ends up like inserting herself uh, into the mess. She ends up sending a message to Captain Marvel, which brings Captain Marvel into it. And Captain Marvel's like telling him like, hey, you got to stop partying. You're kind of destroying the world. Problem. So they end up fighting and it's just this back and forth between the two of them. But my favorite part of the episode actually was getting to see like huge ass frost giant Loki hanging out with little Thor. And there's no, there's no beef. There's no problems. I was like, this is, this is weird. This is nice. But it's weird. It was it was cool. Because, I mean, obviously, you've seen the movies and all that. And you know how much they hate each other. Or, or how much Loki hates Thor, but then loves Thor. But then it's weird. But this is just, like, a really cool episode. Every, everything's pretty much chill in this episode. Except for the fact that they're destroying the world by having parties. That's pretty much it. Um, and it ends on a cute note. It really does end on a cute note. Uh, like I said, this is just a filler episode. It's funny. It's, it's a lot. It's just very lighthearted compared to what we've been seeing like i said the killmonger episode with iron man whoo yeah and then everything before that like episode three episode three was the first one that i was like day like this hits like like episode two was very emotional because t'challa of course like you know what i mean like chad chadwick boseman who comes back for episode five i think it is which again was five or six i'm sorry i don't remember which one which, which again was like another like hearing his voice again it's like t'challa t'challa what like i just i can't um no, but seriously, like episode three was episode three. Was, episode three will like go down in history to me as like the craziest episode. It was a it was a really like you could think what you want of episode three. Episode three was like one of the best ones because that mess was. Cr- I was like, what? Like they just, <laughs> bro. When I tell you they just killed off everybody and didn't give two shits, I was like, what? Also, Marvel, I see you. Why are you always trying to kill off? Not that I care about him, but why are you always trying to kill off Iron Man? Like, I, I see y'all. There's like, he's died like how many times in this show, you guys? In this show alone, how many times has he died though? Like, what? Girl, <laughs> I'll just be killing him at every turn. I can't. I mean, I don't care about him like that, but I just, I can't. My man is, I love Steve Rogers. I love T'Challa. I love Shang-Chi. I love Spider-Man. And then many of the other ones that are not in the MCU. Um... If you're an X-Men, I pretty much love you. Uh, Wolverine is the only one I'm like, eh, I've never really been that big of a fan of Wolverine. He's cool or whatever, but I'm a huge fan of Scott Summers. I love Gambit LeBeau. Um, I love me some, I love, love, love. Um, oh my God, his name's not, I love Forge, of course, but I love his partner in crime. Um, fuck, Bishop. I'm sorry for cursing Bishop. I love Bishop. Um, I love Shaman. I love North Star. Um, I love Richter. Oh my God! Like I, Night Nightcrawler, of course. Like those, the X Men, the X Men and their associated teams are like 
my Jimmy Jam Jam to Jam to Jam Jam. I love me some X-Men. Like, X-Men, period. X-Men above everything when it comes to Marvel. X-Men above everything. Y'all know how I feel about my DC. I love me some DC. And I'm sorry, the Bat Family above everything. Above everything, okay? X-Men and Bat Family are equal to me. Like, nobody's above them. Nobody's below. Well, except God. <laughs> but I mean, that, that's a whole different thing. But, like, when it comes to, like, my, my superhero, hero, you know, thing. Because, I mean, the, the Bat Family aren't superheroes. They're heroes. But they don't have any superpowers except for their their brains which I mean I guess it's a superpower but you know what I mean like I love that they're not superpowered people they're just people who just like want to do the right thing but are mortal and can die and there's consequences and not there aren't consequences when you're a superhero obviously X-Men have a crap ton of things that happen to them Jean Grey is a, is a prime example of like a superhero who just had bad crap happen to them and she doesn't deserve a single thing she really doesn't deserve to have that happen to her I, I feel so bad for Jean and I would love for one day to actually like tell Jean's story the way I want it to be told the way I think it should be told because it hasn't been told that way and to be honest with you I don't think it ever will be um and I think that's why her character always gets crapped on. Like, I, it sucks to me that she's one of those characters that, like, people just, they just, she's, I don't know. Like, people just kind of treat her wrong. Like, they, they the studios just do her dirty. And, and not even just her. There's so many women that I feel like in these, these like, superhero movies, like, studios, just do them dirty. Like, for what, though? Like, I don't know. Anyway, um, let's get into uh, the new episode of... Uh, Titans again I know I know I have not been chronicling every episode girl I ain't got time for that maybe I'll do it later maybe later I will like do like an episode by episode thing for all three seasons if any of y'all interested in that cool let me know y'all can y'all can message me on here by the way I had someone message me on here for my miraculous ladybug episodes I'm tr I cannot remember your name but if you're listening to this you are awesome um I will do some more miraculous ladybug like stuff breakdowns uh for y'all i didn't realize how many people like it so i'll be doing that i'll talk a little bit more about animal crossing and where i'm at in that game and some other games that i'm playing too eventually so let's get into this okay so titans season three episode nine or eight i think it's nine yeah it's nine just dropped and this episode is totally different tone from all the other episodes. Um, you'll notice that from episode one to eight of this season, Raven has been missing. Now, last week we knew about Raven. She was going to help Donna, uh, bring Donna back to life. Donna ended up dying at the end of season two. She went to Namaskira, where she's from. That's where Wonder Woman's from, obviously, to try and resurrect Donna. So that's kind of how this episode starts. We also know that in season three, Bruce Wayne is not himself, right? Jason was killed by Joker. I'm sorry, spoilers all over. I'm going to put spoilers on the, on the title. So don't worry, spoilers all over. If you guys don't want to be spoiled, please exit out because that's all this episode's going to be about a spoilers girl. Um, but anyway, so <laughs> let me, I'll, I'll do a countdown for you. Okay. One in three, at the count of three, get out of here. If you don't want spoilers, one, two, 225, 250, 275, $3 even. Okay, here we go. So yeah, at the beginning of the episode, we um, kind of see where Raven's at. Like I said, Donna was, was killed off last season. Uh, early this season, uh, Bruce Dunn lost his mind. Um, you know, Jason, his second son, was murdered by the Joker. And that really sent him over the edge. He ends up killing the Joker, um, which is all, I think, all part of, like, uh, Victor Crane, uh, Scarecrow's plan to basically, you know, cause chaos in Gotham. Um, obviously, Jason comes back, which is part of his plan um, as Red Hood. And basically, this whole season, like I said, like, Bruce has just been MIA. He's been tripping. Well, we start off the episode with him reading off his last or signing off his last will and testament. So something is going to happen to Bruce. Um, 
yeah. So anyway, we end up going into this black and white segment where we see Tim Drake. Now, Tim Drake is the third Robin in the Batman, you know, family. And uh, he's on a train going somewhere. Now, last we saw him in episode eight, he was shot in the back by Victor Crane. So we don't know what's going on with him. We know that he was bleeding out, but now he's in this black and white scene on this train. So he's looking around the train. There's a few people sitting, you know, around him. He's kind of like, what am I doing here? Um, a conductor comes up and is like, basically like, you know, hey, stay in your seat. He ends up freaking out, running to the back of the train where we see Donna. Now we haven't seen Donna all season. Again, she died at the end of season two. So we're like, oh shit, it's Donna. Something's gonna happen, right? So we're thinking, wait, wait, Donna's here and he's here and it's in black and white and he on a train going somewhere. Ah, oh, bitch, he did, right? That, that's the idea is that he's, he ain't alive no more. He's dying, okay? So he ends up getting off the train and Donna ends up going after him trying like she's trying to to move on but at the same time she's like you know she's a hero so she wants to help that's her thing so they get off the train they end up in the woods somewhere and there are these like basically like wraiths coming after them and you know of course it's up to donna to like help him because he has no powers but donna does have like some type of power ability so it turns out the wraiths are there to suck out your soul. Once they suck out your soul, they, it takes you straight to hell and there's no coming back from that. So anyway, they're out there, they're trapped in the woods. A car pulls up. It's like, hey, get in. They get in the car and it's Hank. That's right, Mr. Hank, as in Hawk from Hawk and Dove. Um, last we saw him, he ended up getting killed by Jason Todd. He was blown up. So yeah. So um, Donna's like, what are you doing here? I like, how are you dead? Right? So none of them know who Tim is. They have no idea. Tim doesn't know who he is because he just passed. So he doesn't know what happened to him. He has no memory of anything. Um, but it's kind of a, a nice reunion between Hawk and, uh, Donna wonder girl. So, uh, you know, she finds out he died, how he died. And, um, he's trying to get back to the land of the living. And, uh, so is Tim in the back seat. but she's like, I don't really want to go back. Honestly, like, you know, I'm, I'm accepting the fact that I'm dead. And I think she's still in mourning, obviously, over the loss of Aqualad in season one. I think season one or two, he, he dies um, in, a, in like a backstory episode, which, by the way, we need him back because his actor is foin, like foin, foin, okay, foin. Everybody on in the cast of, of, of this show is good looking. Everybody, everybody, all the main Titan characters are all good looking people. They're good looking people, right? So <laughs> it always sucks when one of them dies. I'm like, you're beautiful. You shouldn't be dead. Male or female, you shouldn't be dead. You're beautiful. Oh my God, don't die. But it's true. I think Jericho, one of the sons in the show, fine too. Why, why, girl, live, let him live, live. But anyway, so yeah. So, you know, they're trying to, you know, Hawk is like, hey, if we go to this bridge, this bridge will take us over to the real world again. We just have to get to this bridge. So they end up debating going back and then Tim gets his memories back. He remembers who he is, what's going on in Gotham, who they are, because he, Tim studies everyone. That's why he died. He, he's, he's in everybody's business. So he knows who Robin is, who Batman is, who Nightwing is. He's figured it all out. Um, because obviously with those characters, with the Bat family, their identities mean secrecy because they're not superheroes they can't defend themselves from like the rest of the world so it's important for them to stay you know um incognito whatever so he figures it all out <clears throat> and um 
He's like, I need to get back to my family. His dad was just murdered by people thanks to Jason, which again, I don't like the way that the show is setting up Jason. I just don't. He's making all these irresponsible moves that are causing people to get killed and affecting lives. As much as I love this scene last for the last episode, not this one, but the one before that where uh, Tim gets shot, I love that the parallels. You have the troubled Jason trying to help Tim, then freaks out because the good guys are coming, runs away, and then Nightwing comes to help him. So you have all three Robins in the same place at the same time, not the same scene, but in the same place at the same time. That was cool enough for me. Um, Eventually we'll get all three together. But yeah, like I just, I not a big fan of how they're writing him. So anyway, um, they all decide they're going to go on this journey together. They're going to go across this bridge. They want to get back to reality. And I was hoping that Aqualad would make an appearance in the show because even though he's been dead for some time, so has Donna at this point. So maybe he's in this kind of limbo purgatory, you know, with them. And honestly, it would give the actor a chance to reprise his role as Aquaman and come back into the show at for some, you know, at some point. And I would love to see him again because he's gorgeous. Anyway, so we end up getting to the bridge. Of course, you know, because nothing can go smoothly. The, the rays come back. I'm going to call them rays. They're like hooded men in, in, in ropes. So they try to fight everybody and the bridge starts breaking apart, right? So you've got Donna on one side fighting and then you have Hawk on another. Tim is on Hawk's side. So he's like the bridge is falling and Donna grabs her rope of truth or her lasso of truth. She pulls, you know, Tim over and I'm thinking, okay, that's great. Now get, you know, Hank over there. And I'm like, but you know what's going to happen. You, like, you know, like, I, like I was thinking that from the jump of the episode. I'm like, okay, well, Tim's like, Tim's body is intact. Donna's body's intact, right? We see her body in the mascara where um, Raven is trying to bring her back to life. That's so another part of this episode, besides the black and white stuff, is Raven trying to bring her back with the ladies on the island. And she's also learning how to like train herself, prepare herself. She's getting schooled. You know, she, she thinks that they're all cowards, that they don't know what they're doing, but it turns out that her power might not be uh, sufficient enough either. So they're trying to teach her how to really harness her power. So a lot of learning and training is going on on her part um, out in the real world. So she eventually gives up on trying to save Donna because she realizes that Donna's not coming back. So she has to start accepting the fact that Donna's not coming back and her power can't re-ensoul her, right? Um, so, but my whole thing was, okay, well, these two have bodies. Hank doesn't. Hank's body blew up. So how would they bring back Hank unless they threw something in the Lazarus pit? And since they don't have anything for Hank because he blew up, what are they going to throw his ashes in there? Did they save his ashes? Were they able to discern what's him from the debris like in the room? Explain to me. I don't understand. So I'm not really sure. I would assume if there's no body, how can he go back to the land of living? Wouldn't he just go to heaven or something? Like I'm not, I'm not really sure. I don't know. Anyway, so... They're fighting at the bridge, and of course, because the TV show needs it, he is then separated from them. So uh, Donna and Tim go back into the world of the living in their respective bodies. Tim wakes up on on um, on a hospital bed, um, and Donna wakes up in the mascara. Um, even though we don't see her wake up there, she actually ends up flying off. Um, and I'll get back to why she's flying off. So Raven comes down into the temple, I guess, to say goodbye to Donna because she's deciding to go back home and the body is gone. And she's kind of like, okay, so Donna must be alive. She kind of gets a sense. Her powers kind of, I guess, give her a sense that Donna is back. So um, then we have Hank. So Hank is stuck in this limbo area, but Hank ends up reuniting with the original uh, Dove. So there was a Hawk and Dove team of two guys who are basically like brothers. 
There was Hank, and then there was his best friend. His best friend ends, ends up getting killed as Dove, and then his girlfriend, Hank's girlfriend, steps in as the new Dove. So they decide to basically stay in limbo together and help other people cross over or whatever they're going to do. But I was like, well, since his partner from a long time ago is here, then that's there's a chance that Aqualad is here somewhere too, and possibly even Jericho. So maybe there could be a spinoff series where instead of Hank coming back to the land of the living, at least for now, him and his buddies can do this whole like, you know, Titans thing inside this limbo, right? That would be kind of cool. That would be pretty interesting and would also give these actors work until they decide to bring them, hopefully bring them all back into the Titan series. Because I'm sorry, but there's a reason why um, the original uh, Dove was in that, in, that, in that world. There's a reason. I think everything happens for a reason, even on these shows. And that, that talk, there's a lot of that talk in the episode. Because Hank is convinced that Donna is there for a reason at the same time as him and as Tim. So if that's the case, then maybe they are alluding to a spin-off series just like Doom Patrol. Maybe they're they're alluding to something else happening and then they're able to keep these actors on because a lot of these actors really look the part and they do a great job in their roles. So maybe this is the chance to start another team and talk about some heroes and bring in some heroes in the show that are already supposed to be dead depending upon what story and timeline they're doing. So that could be really interesting. Uh, anyway, back to the real world. So Donna ends up flying off. We don't know where she flies off to. And it turns out she flies off to stop Batman from killing himself. So Batman had a plan to burn down this, his like second house, like a castle. Um, he was going to burn the house down and himself along with it. But uh, Donna ends up saving his life, which by the way, how the hell did Donna know to go there? I'm, 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 I have questions. One, how did she know to go to him? Two, why would she go to him? Three, why was she wearing the same costume that she was wearing in the afterlife when we see her on a table wearing a whole different outfit? Like, was she able to bring those clothes from the afterlife into the real world? You know what I'm saying? Like, she didn't die in this outfit. <clears throat> she didn't, her body's currently not in this outfit. So where the hell did this outfit come from? Like, who thought of this? Unless I'm tripping and Donna, like, Maybe we never saw. I think we did. I think Donna was in her uniform, though, like in like a different uniform. I think she was. But in the ending scene, she was definitely in the outfit that she was in, in, in the purgatory. So I'm really confused on how that works, like with clothing, because when Tim Drake came back to the land of the living, he had no he, you know, obviously had the hospital clothes on. He didn't have the clothes he was wearing in the limbo. So I'm really confused at how she pulled those that outfit out of the land of the dead. I'm, I'm just very confused. Either way, it was a really good episode. It was a change of pace. By the way, and I love this season. I have like, I, I'm not coming for the other episodes and the actors. I think they're all amazing. They do their jobs very well. I love the relationship between Blackfire and um, uh, Connor. I don't trust Blackfire. I still think she's a villain. And I, But I think she's like, I think she might try to turn Connor against them. Either that or break Connor's heart and make him basically like, you know, debilitated on the team for a little while because he's going to be very scorned over the relationship ending but I don't trust her at all and I, I I love her relationship to Star and I think Star you know is obviously she wants to trust her sister but I don't think she can um I'm gonna get to some comments that people have been making about the show though like just for a moment here so the first comment that some people have been making about this season is Jason Todd and was it justified for him to kill Hank so 
because Hank said he would kill Jason. So I want to say this, and I think I said this before. I don't think Hank ever intentionally wanted to kill Jason. I think if Jason kept going over the line as he was doing, he would eventually want to kill Jason. But at, the, at that point in time, I think it was just out of anger. I don't think he was going to kill Jason at all, which is why I think he went to Jason, right? Because if he wanted to kill Jason, he would have taken some kind of precaution. He walked right into Jason's trap because he cared for Jason still. I think he sees for I think he sees some of Jason in himself and just wants to help more than he wants to hinder. That's my personal opinion. Um which is why I think Jason is kind of remorseful about killing Hank. Um I think that he I don't know, I, I just I, I don't think that it was it was just and I don't think that um Hank was going to kill Jason. I just don't see that happening. I, I think, like I said, had there been a few more murders or had he killed someone within the team? Yeah, absolutely. But I think at that point, no, I just think he thought he was a little shit because that's what Jason is in this show. He's a little shit, unfortunately. Um, and then the whole comparing Jason and Blackfire and saying, well, you know, why are we redeeming Blackfire and not Jason? First of all, I don't really think any of them should necessarily be redeemed at this point. Um, I think Blackfire intentionally killed her parents. I think she intentionally killed Star's boyfriend to int- intentionally, you know, get to her. She's a she's she's a villain slash antihero. So I don't trust a thing she says. Um, and I, I think that even though they're, they're playing this cutesy thing with her and Connor, I don't think, at least I haven't redeemed her because I'm still like, mm, no, I still think you're going to do bad things. Where I think Jason, I think he's done his bad deeds. Because I, I, if, if he does anything else that's worse than what he's already done, I don't think fans are going to appreciate him. And I think if the writers are smart, they're going to want to redeem him and not make him worse. Like, I don't know who's like, I, I don't know what the writers are thinking when it comes to his character, because he's not the Jason I wanted to see. Like, not the actor. The actor's fine. He's doing a great job. The storyline for him, I think, just kind of sucks. Like, I'm interested. I'm intrigued. It is very Arkham Knight a little bit for him. But at the same time, I'm having problems with, with this character. Like I said, I hate that his actions are so devious and cause death, not just destruction, but death and death of characters that are innocent and death of characters that are heroes. That's the thing I don't like about this version of Jason Todd at all. Um, so yeah, those are things I want to, oh, the last thing I want to address is a lot of fans are saying this show has too many Robins and it's too Batman. Okay. Let me explain something. It's the Titans. Okay. One of the main characters in Titans is Dick Grayson, who's Batman's, you know, sidekick. And this is where Dick finds himself. He finds himself not wanting to be Robin, but wanting to be Nightwing, which is a totally separate character. Yes, they are the same guy, but they're different. And yes, their moves are different. Their styles are different. He is different. That's why he's grown. He's really accepted who he is and coming to his own as Nightwing, right? So as he does that, obviously Batman gets a new sidekick, a new Robin, who is still different from Dick Grayson. And in this show, we get to see more of Dick Grayson, the, the, the detective, as well as him as Robin in the first season, and then him morphing into Nightwing. So there's not that there's too many Robins at one time. It's just so, it just so happens that three characters are playing Robin in the show. We get uh, Jason Todd Robin for a little while, and now we have him as Red Hood. Um, so we didn't even get like a full season of him as Robin or a full season really of Dick as Robin because he was kind of in between personas. And now we have Tim Drake who, is barely in the season. Like, he's barely coming into the season. Um, He's been kind of sporadic throughout the season, but he's still not Robin. He's just this guy named Tim Drake who wants to be the next Robin. So again, it's not that we have too many Robins. We have three guys who previously or will eventually become Robin 
but they're not quite Robin. They're they're different, if that makes sense. So it's not like we have like three guys doing the exact same thing on the show. You know, Tim Drake, I'm sorry, uh, Jason and, and Dick, they've changed their styles of fighting and their, their weaponry since being Robin, right? Jason Todd uses guns now. He's He kills who he wants. He's diabolical now where he wasn't as Robin. He was just kind of like a, a, a screw up a little bit as Robin. Um, where Dick is kind of in, you know, they're both like polishing their, their their fighting skills, but they're not the same. They're very different, in my opinion, from each other. And they're very different from Robin, in my opinion, as well. So that argument of there's too many Robins, well, it's the Titans. And there's always a Robin in the Titans, right? It's either, you know, um, Dick, uh, Jason for a short period of time, then it's, you know, uh, Tim, and then eventually Damien. So there, there has to be a Robin on the team. Otherwise, it's not really Titans, right? Like it's, you know what I mean? Like there's always a Robin, there's always Robin representation in the Titans. So I think it's only fair that there is a Robin, you know, in the group. Now, as far as it being very Batman based, again, Batman is one of the the pinnacle characters in DC, right? And Robin, his sidekick is the main Titan pretty much. So naturally there's going to be a lot of, you know, Batman representation on the show because a lot of the Robins in, in Batgirl are generally around the same ages they're not too far apart in ages right and since you know dick becomes nightly in the show obviously robin gets inspired by that and wants to team up with the with the titans which happens even in the comics so yeah there's going to be a lot of batman representation because batman has pretty much the most sidekicks and they're all these you know angsty teens young adults who want to you know kind of break away from the mantle of batman because he's very you know hard on them and they want to kind of just find out who they are so it makes sense to have a lot of the batman representation on the show but i think the way it's being handled is is really well like i like we're getting a lot of batman representation in this season because hello this season takes place in gotham right but other seasons didn't and we only had Nightwing and Robin, like some sort of Robin. And then we'd have Batman come in and out of the show, like, you know, but never as Batman, just as like Bruce Wayne. This is the first season where we're getting a lot of Batman care. And also Batman has some of the best villains. So it's like, if you don't want it to be a Batman based show, then you're cutting a lot of yourself, a lot of the good stuff out because Batman has some of Batman has the most iconic villains of any superhero or hero on either DC or Marvel side. Fight me. I don't give a damn. It's the truth. A lot of his villains are just as iconic as him. And you can't say that for a lot of other villains. You can't. But like, you know, Joker is like his main, but I I love Riddler. I love Two-Face. I love Poison Ivy. I love Catwoman. Mr. Freeze is cool. Penguins, whatever. Scarecrow's really awesome too. Um, you know, Jason's more of an anti-hero than a villain, but still, he's awesome. There's a lot of really cool villains that, that you know, Phantasm, he's got a lot of really cool people. Killer Croc is, is okay. Um, uh, hello, Harley Quinn, of course. Harley Quinn, um, Killer Frost. There's a lot of really cool... If you wa- ever watch the show Gotham, Gotham is a, is a great example of, like, how awesome the villains are right it's not a great great show it's, it's a good show but it's not perfect you know is what i mean it's a good show but it's not perfect but 
his villains are so iconic. Even now in the new Batman movie coming out with, with Robert Pattinson, we're getting another look at their, oh, Bane too. We're getting a look at the Riddler in a different kind of way. Like his villains are very iconic. And so if you made it less Batman, you have less of a chance of bringing in some of those really cool villains that they could be taking on. There's the Mad Hatter as well, who's kind of, he's kind of Riddler, but he's his own kind of thing of madness. Like there's just some really cool characters that I think that you would not be able to have as much access to had you cut out all the Batman. And again, a lot of Batman's sidekicks are around the same age of the Starfire and those Supergirl and Wonder Girl and all these characters. So it makes sense to have quite a bit of Batman representation. Not to mention Batman, in my opinion, is is the face of DC. I know, I know people say Superman is, that's your opinion. You can have that. You might even be right. I don't get, I really don't care. For me, it's Batman because just because of how influential Batman is, his games are just fantastic, right? His his sidekicks are amazing on their own. They have their own stories. Like there's so much to Batman that's not just Batman, Bruce Wayne, that just made, like Gotham itself, Gotham itself is an interesting city. Like I thought about that. I was like, I would love to watch a TV show about the show, like about Gotham that has nothing to do with Batman. Like even though Gotham, the show essentially is like that. There's a lot of obviously Bruce Wayne presence and it's about the origin story of Bruce Wayne becoming Bruce Wayne. I want to see what it's like for like regular everyday people to have to live in Gotham and deal with all these crazies. That's a TV show we haven't seen yet because even the show Gotham, it, it really talks about the, 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 the bad guys of Gotham more than it, you know, more than it talks about the, the average everyday citizens living in Gotham. Like I would love a, a Batman game where you're basically just a regular person trying to survive in Gotham from all the, like Batman's in it, but like you're trying to survive in Gotham on your own. You're trying to become your own hero against all of these negative things, but you're not Batman. You don't have access to his arsenal. You don't have access to like, you know, his, his heroes. You're on your own. You know what I mean? Against all these villains. Like, that would be a crazy game. But it would also give you a chance to see what it's like to be a citizen of Gotham. That's what I'm saying. Gotham itself is iconic. It's become and it's become super iconic over time because, you know, it's it's a, it's a city that's sick. Every time you watch something about Gotham, like, you know, in one of the Batman movies, the games, the comics, uh, uh, they always say that Gotham is a, is a very sick, unhinged city. So it itself has become an iconic character, almost as iconic to me, to me, as Batman and the Joker. It's just, it's just very iconic. It's the same thing with Robin. Like, everybody that comes out of Batman is, is iconic. Robin is, like, the most iconic side character, the sidekick, you know what I mean? Uh, Batgirl's very iconic, especially when she becomes Oracle in her own, you know, her own right. Um, Jason has become really iconic as Red Hood, you know what I'm saying? Um, like I said, the villains, um, even Alfred. Alfred is iconic as a butler, you know what I'm saying? Like Commissioner Gordon is iconic. The, the show Gotham is basically about him. So, you know, again, all these characters that have come out of Batman have become so iconic that if you have them featured in something, you can't not have that spill over. And I think that's why there's so much Batman representation on this show is because what else is there? You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, Superman has, you know, Superboy, uh, Crypto, who are both, by the way, in the show. The only thing they're missing is, like, Supergirl. But there's a lot of, like, that representation on this show already. But even Superman, to me, doesn't have as iconic of, of villains as Batman does. He just doesn't. But, I mean, yeah, it'd be kind of cool to see more Superman representation in the show, for sure. But, honestly, I think a lot of us, maybe not everybody, but I think a lot of us, we're here 
for the Bat Family. I would love a Bat Family TV show. There's a Bat Family game, I think, coming out, or it's already out. I'm not quite sure about that, but so excited. Um, even the McFarlane figures, the McFarlane figures that have come out, dude, they are so heavily Batman-based. Like, I mean, I love that. I love Batman, but it is so biased. It is clearly biased towards Batman and Batman-based things because Batman-based things just sell, like, deal with it. I'm sorry. Anyway, that's the end of this one. I'll see you guys next time. Have a great rest of your day, night, evening, afternoon. Whenever you're listening to this, Titan season three and seasons one and two are both, are all available to watch on HBO Max right now. And um, What If is available to watch on Disney+. Plus. Um, there's about eight, nine episodes of that one. And same thing with uh, season three of Titans. I'll see you guys next time. I will talk about the movie Malignant at one point. I did just watch it. It was, it was a movie. That's all, that's all I'm going to say. Um, I'll see you guys next time. Peace.